Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Good morning, church. It's a great joy to be here with you in the house of the Lord, and we bring special greetings from our sisters and brothers from East Centre, from Bukit Panjang Centre, as we gather here on site, and for all those online for our worship service this morning. Recently, a family at Covenant East asked me whether I would recommend any church a church uh, for the family uh, to attend as they accompany their, their daughter uh, overseas uh, for her studies. And, and so I, and before I could even reply, uh, this covenanter was very quick to reply, but Pastor Tony, I assure you, while we are overseas, we will still lock in to our Covenant EFC online service. And we all know that church is more than just simply attending a service, whether it's on-site or even online. And especially church is about experiencing church life, connecting to a spiritual family and living in community together with kingdom-minded brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, if you are that family at Covenant East and you're asked to recommend a church overseas, uh, so that when a family is there to settle their daughter for studies, what church will you be looking for? What would be some of the traits or qualities or characteristics that you'll be looking for? Is it passionate worship, a generous and giving church, or maybe the state-of-the-art kind of sound system, a beautiful architecture church building, or a visionary, godly, authentic leadership in the church, a Bible-believing church, a Christ-centered preaching in the church, or warm and friendly people who will notice I'm here for the first time in the church. While the Apostle Paul, in a book in 1 Thessalonians, is about to introduce to us a church for you and I to attend. Not just online, but more important, on-site. So much so that in verse 7, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul says, So you, the church in Thessalonica, became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Wow, what a church that Paul was talking about. The word model in the Greek here in verse 7 is translated as example in NASB, in the LRT version or the ESV Bible. It is the same word where we get the Greek word to pause, where we get the English word type, a certain type of church. And Paul says this church in Thessalonica is now a template for you, a type of church that you can model. If you like, this was the first original ACK church, a certain kind of church. The church in Corinth had wonderful and gifted people, lacking no spiritual gift, but it was a church plague with too much self-interest, way too self-centered. The church in Ephesus was blessed with remarkable ministry during the days of the Apostle John. But though richly blessed, 
Revelations 1 tells us that the Ephesus church had lost their first love, way too cold for Jesus. But here the church in Thessalonica was a wow, what a church, a church that is commended by the Apostle Paul for us today and for other churches in Maxinodia and Achaia. And Paul loved to see this church in Thessalonica to be multiplied, to be amplified in your life, in our church today, and in many churches in Maxinodia and Achaia. Question, in what way was the church in Thessalonica a model church? What did God do in this church that it became, wow, what a church? Would you please turn your Bibles with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5b to 10, as we find out what's so wow in this church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, reading from the ESV Bible version. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example, a model, to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, oh, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father God, we thank you so much for this church at Thessalonica. Thank you for this church who received your word with joy of the Holy Spirit. May we now as your people receive your word with joy and be changed and be transformed by your timely and prophetic word, your word in season, that we might be the church you intend us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In what way was this church a model, a template, so distinctive and so uniquely that Paul says it became a wonderful example to all the other believers and churches? There are two distinctive marks of this model church, of this, wow, what a church. Firstly, it is a church that is totally transformed by the gospel. And secondly, it is a church that is faithfully proclaiming the gospel. Let's look at the first distinguishing mark of this wow, a church. A church that is totally transformed by the gospel. You see, the context and the history of this church in Thessalonica started way back, not in 1 Thessalonians, but in Acts chapter 17. Paul and Silas, released from jail, moved on to Thessalonica and began to preach in this city of Thessalonica for three weeks. And praise God, as a result of the preaching ministry of the gospel in this city, many Jews and Gentiles became Christians. 
However, there was a group of Jews that opposed Paul and Silas and began to whip up a mob and to incite a riot against them, accusing Paul and Silas being heretics, turning the world upside down. And so when these opposers and persecutors could not find Paul and Silas, they went for Jason and other believers and brought them before the city authorities, shouting in Acts chapter 17, This man who have turned the world upside down have come here also, referring to Paul and Silas. But this Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decree of Caesar, saying that there is another king called Jesus. And soon the Thessalonica church, a very young church, three to four months old, went into persecution. They were persecuted and opposed by these Jewish people. The key in standing under the pressure for this church at Thessalonica was the transforming power of the gospel. If someone asks you today, what is the gospel message all about? If you only had three minutes when your friend asks you, what is the gospel message all about? What would you say to your friend? Well, the good news is that Paul gives us the answer in verse 10. The word gospel occurs six times in the entire book of 1 Thessalonians. In the Greek, it simply means in English, good news. The gospel is the good news. But what then is the good news? Look nowhere else, but in verse 10 of the text we just read, Paul gives us the essence of what the gospel message is all about in concentrated form in verse 10. It says, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. The gospel message is essentially three things. Firstly, it's about the return of Christ. He says, and to wait for his son from heaven. And so the gospel message is about the return of Christ. Jesus is coming again. Christianity is about God's son, Jesus Christ, sent from heaven, who came from heaven. He is a person. And only Jesus can do for you what nobody else can do for you in your life. And we proclaim Christ, the returning Christ. Spurgeon was the one who says this, and I quote, This is such a high mark of grace when the Christian expects his Lord to come and leaves our life in such a way that we expect the returning Christ every moment. If you and I knew that the Lord will come back before this service was over, meaning this 9.45 a.m. service, in what state of heart should we sit in these pews? In what state of heart we ought to be? What a sobering thought that the gospel message is about Christ returning. And that's why the Lord gave us this prophetic burden last year. For the year 22 and for the years to come as a theological impetus, preparing the church and the world to meet King Jesus by discipling the generations, Singapore and the nations. Secondly, the gospel message is not just about the return of Christ, but about the resurrection of Christ. 
It says here, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus is not just coming again, but the gospel message here is that Jesus is alive. He is raised from the dead. And there is no parallel in human history because Jesus has conquered death. He's able to uniquely to offer life, new life to anyone who comes to him. And so if you and I were to die today, the Bible says it would not be the end of our life. In fact, our death will be the entrance to this incredible eternal life with Jesus who holds our life today in his hands. Whether we die as a young person or even as an elderly person. Thirdly, the gospel message is about the rescue of Christ. We find this in verse 10. Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. You see, the gospel message is not just about the returning Christ. It's not just about the resurrection of Christ. It's about the rescue of Christ. Only Jesus saves. Jesus is not just coming again. Jesus is not just alive, but only Jesus saves. And that's the essence of our salvation in Christ. He rescues us from a wrath to come. We are saved from something. And that something, the Apostle Paul says here, is the righteous wrath of a holy God. My friends, everyone in this world, everyone in Singapore needs Jesus Christ because every person who ever lived in this earth will face this horrendous scenario, the coming wrath which is the judgment of God for every sin in our life, the punishment of every iniquity, the righting of every wrong we have committed, the eradication of every evil in this universe and the destruction of every sinner into the lake of fire. There is no pain, no guilt, no infection, no loss, no wounds, no injury, no disappointment in life that can possibly be compared to this coming wrath of God here. You see, without the coming wrath of God, the gospel honestly makes no sense to many of us today, especially Singaporeans. If we remove the wrath of God from the gospel message, it means nothing to self-confident, self-sufficient and self-satisfied Singaporeans who often say, my life is fine, my life is good, I do not need Jesus at all. But the gospel message reminds us because of this coming wrath of God, which every man, every woman, every boy, every child born into this world needs to be rescued from, God sent Jesus to die that horrendous death for everyone and rising from the dead to become our living saviour and the coming king. John Piper said this and I quote, God did not ordain the cross of Christ or create the lake of fire in order to communicate the insignificance of belittling his glory. The death of the Son of God and the damnation 
of unrepented human beings are the loudest shouts under heaven that God is infinitely holy and sin is infinitely offensive and wrath is infinitely just and grace is infinitely precious. And our brief life leads to only two things, everlasting joy or everlasting suffering. And if our preaching does not carry the weight of these things into the hearts of people, what will? And therefore, the Thessalonical church and believers were totally transformed, inspired, impacted, changed by this gospel message, by the return of Christ, that Jesus is coming again, by the resurrection of Christ, Jesus is alive, by the rescue of Christ, that only Jesus saves. Church, what we desperately need today in our culture is such a faith that is rooted and anchored in this gospel message, transformed by this gospel message, and that we are able to reproduce in other people that is able to stand under pressure, under opposition and challenges to be different from the society. The church so transformed by the gospel, the Bible says here, they became imitators of Paul and of the Lord. The word imitators comes from the Greek word where we get the English word mimic. They began to mimic Paul and of the Lord. They were not just imitators of the gospel. The Bible tells us this young three to four months old church. They wowed Paul because they received the gospel with great joy in the midst of intense persecution and severe suffering. These were real people living in tough times, perhaps even more dangerous than what we are facing in a prolonged pandemic. Oh, but their transformed and authentic faith in God did not buckle under pressure. Last Sunday here in this place, we had a Chinese outreach, a Chinese New Year outreach for a group of people, for some 153 migrant workers. At the end of this Chinese New Year service, the uh, guest speaker gave a challenge to these migrant workers. And he said this, you dare to leave your country to come to Singapore to work. You dare to come from your dormitories to this church for this Chinese New Year service today. Would you dare right now to receive Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord? And you know what? In response, many of the migrant workers immediately shouted back, I dare! Wow! And 52 hands were raised last Sunday here in this place and says, I dare to receive Jesus Christ into my life. And they received Christ into the hearts with so much joy that Elder Hock Choi was here, texts us and says, wow, I've never seen this again. Because what? They not only raised their hand, but together with one voice, they shouted and they repeated the sinner's prayer aloud together and to receive Christ into their life. I think that's something worth thanking the Lord for. 
Wow, what a sight. Wow, what a church. And if you're able to follow up some of these people in Alpha Mandri, if you can speak Mandri better than some of us, please speak to me after this service or speak to any of the staff and we want to get you to help. We want to follow up and nurture this 52 converts who gave their life to Christ that their lives might continue to be transformed by the gospel. That's the first distinguishing mark of this, wow, what a church. A church that is totally transformed by the gospel. But there's a second mark. And the second mark is a church that is faithfully proclaiming the gospel. Look with me now to verse 8. He says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. The word gone forth and sounded forth is the only time this word is uh, used and appear in the New Testament. This word is the same word where we get the English word for echo. Meaning, the faith of the people in Thessalonica echo to various parts of Thessalonica. And he even echo all the way to where? Maxinonia and Achaia. And they were totally proclaiming the gospel, telling people, sharing what Jesus means to them, how Jesus has changed their life, how Jesus has changed their marriage, how Jesus has changed their parenting, how Jesus has changed their family life, how Jesus has changed them in their workplace. You know, Paul said, they were doing such a good job. Paul said, we don't even have to say anything. Paul says we ran our business because here at Thessalonica, the Christians, the believers, the church at Thessalonica were faithfully proclaiming the gospel. Now look at the map with me. Look at where the gospel traveled, how it echoed from the north at Thessalonica and the Bible says it went all the way down to south to where Achaia was. What a testimony. They were so effective in proclaiming the gospel that Paul says here, it went forth. Everywhere you go, from the north all the way to south, everybody have heard of the faith of the believers. They have heard of this church at Thessalonica. They've almost become a missionary church. They were once the harvest field for Paul and Silas, but today that harvest field has become the harvest force for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, one of the most powerful proclamations of the gospel is not just merely words, but also our transformed lives. And their lives were so transformed, we find this in verse 9, it says here, for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turn to God from idols now to serve the living and true God. What a transformation, what a change, what a radical turnaround from worshipping the idols and from worshipping Caesar who was then their God or their idol now they made a 180 degrees turn to now follow Jesus Christ. You know, it was more than just an alignment to God. The Bible tells us here in verse 9, 
it was a complete change of allegiance. From their idols now to who? Jesus, the true and living God in their life. And their changed life begin to change other lives around them. My friends, the most powerful proclamation you and I can ever make is our change and transform life. Whether it's at home, in our work, in our school, in our neighborhood, where our friends and our people can see that changed life. And therefore, God's plan for the evangelization of the world is not just essentially the distribution of books or materials, but the sending of persons, the sending of you and I into woodlands, into Bukit Panjang, into the east, into the south of Singapore, into the nations and beyond. It is not just the organization of conferences and seminars, but the sending of God's people whose lives are totally transformed and who are faithfully proclaiming the gospel. James Denny, a Scottish theologian and preacher who wrote a commentary on 1 Thessalonians, warns Christians like you and I of the worst kind of atheism. And I quote, Christians have to be on their guard, lest familiarity rob the great words of the gospel of their reality, and they themselves sing into the worst atheism, which is forever handling holy things without filling them. In other words, what James is saying is that we must be very careful that we do not speak and act and live our lives in such a way that our gospel seems like a small little thing in our life. That the gospel of Jesus Christ no longer carries any weight or any sense of awe or reverence at all. If someone walks away from our church service today, whether it's on-site or online, as you continue to follow us, if someone joins your covenant group gathering, or if someone is part of a spiritual conversation and they goes away and, 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 and think to themselves, is that all that it is when you talk about gospel and Jesus? Then what James is saying that we might have misrepresented Jesus Christ and the gospel. Church, God has entrusted to you and I, the church, the great finished work of Christ at the cross. The life-changing gospel through His Son, Jesus Christ. And God forbid that we, the church here at Covenant, in Woodlands, in Bukit Panjang, in East, or wherever the Lord sent us, that we should trivialize the gospel to simply a formula, to simply a religion, or even a prayer to pray. You know, if we could show everyone how to navigate and pivot their lives which we can't if we could answer all human problems heal every sicknesses reconcile every broken relationship restore morality into our society but fail to faithfully proclaim christ we have not fulfilled the great commission if we could cleanse hollywood movies 
sanctify every TV and Netflix and Korean dramas network, which we can't, but fail to faithfully proclaim Christ. We have failed in the unfinished tasks God has given to every Christian. If we could provide meaningful relationships and help for everyone in our community through new life, community services, but fail to faithfully proclaim Christ, we will still have not fulfilled our calling and destiny as an intentional disciple-making church. Last year in 2021, a covenantal was convicted to reach out to her boss friend, Shweni. And Shweni was a pre-believer. And when she was reaching out to Shweni, she discovered that Shweni's parents were Hokkien speaking. And she couldn't speak a single word of Hokkien. But this one thing she could do, she could bring Shweni's parents to a Hokkien service. And this she did. So in May last year, she brought Shweni and her parents to our church Hawking service. The parents, after attending our Hawking service, did not receive Christ. But our Hawking ministry team continued visiting those who come for the first time with a Hawking visit. They have a Hawking visitation ministry team that does that. And at that Hawking visit ministry time, Pastor Timothy, our Hokkien pastor, shared the gospel with Shweni's father, Mr. Tan. And then, then, on 19 May last year, Mr. Tan gave his life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. Months have passed. Mr. Tan's wife and Shweni were shocked. They were shocked to see the transformation and the change in the life of Mr. Tan. So much so that Shweni herself wanted to find out more about the gospel. What is it that changed my father's life? And Shweni, on her own accord, signed up for English Alpha classes. And after a series of Alpha classes, Shweni herself, last year on 6th November, gave her life to Jesus Christ for the first time after attending our English Alpha story continues. God is at work not just in Shweni's father who became a Christian in May. Then God is at work in Shweni's own life since she became a Christian in November. The only family member left is Shweni's mother and she couldn't recognize her husband and daughter. What is happening to you all? How come your life is so radically changed? And guess what happened? They invited Pastor Timothy and his wife one day for a family dinner gathering. And there, Mr. Tan's wife, Madam Go, met Pastor Timothy and his wife and during the dinner, Pastor Tim and his wife had the awesome privilege of sharing the gospel with Shweni's mother, Madam Go. And there at the dinner, never invite pastor for dinner, you know? <laughs> And there at the dinner, Pastor Tim shared the gospel and praised God. Shweni's mother, Madam Go, gave her life to Jesus for the first time as well. And this was just last month on the 21st of January. <laughs> Praise God. Wow. But not yet. One more story. 
Jenny's mother who came to know Christ just last month, she is so wow. She really saw the transformation of the gospel, the power of the living God in her husband, in her daughter, and now in herself. And she can't keep that to herself. And guess what? Last Saturday, just last weekend, on 12 February, Madame Go brought her brother, Mr. Go Chiao Beng, to our church Hokkien service. And even before the service started, Pastor Tim uh, had a chance and opportunity to, to get to meet them and then share the gospel. And guess what? Mr. Go prayed to receive Christ even before the service started. Wow. Even what a church. I, I want to be part of the Hokkien service. Can you imagine? Even before the service starts, someone received Christ. Like that also can. <laughs> and so I was so, so thrilled. And uh, when I heard this story, I don't know about you as you hear Shweni's story and her family. A Christian who is not just totally transformed by the gospel, but they are faithfully proclaiming the gospel. What are some of the names that the Holy Spirit is putting in your minds right now? If God can do that in Shweni's family, He can do that in your family, He can do that in your home, He can do that in your neighborhood, He can do that in your office. Who are some of the people that God wants you to proclaim the gospel? Not just in word, but by your change and transformed life, like the way Shweni's family could see in each other. Someone that God will put in your name this coming week. This coming month, or this year 2022, so that God could use you, God could empower you, God could release you to be that powerful gospel messenger to someone. In conclusion, the Thessalonica church was a model, a template, an example to many believers and churches. And there is nothing like the church when the church is totally transformed by the gospel. There is nothing like the church when the church is faithfully proclaiming the gospel. Let's bow our heads in prayer together. Father, we thank you so much for the example that the church at Thessalonica has set for us. And as you consider the word of the Lord, this word in season for a time such as this, whether you're on site or online, today you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm a non-Christian like Sweeney and many, many members of the family. I am watching and listening to this message for the first time. I'm hearing for the first time there is a God who's alive. There is a God who's coming back. That is God who rescues me from the coming wrath of God. And today, I recognize I need to be saved by this Jesus. And you are watching on site, online today, and you know God is speaking to you right now. That you need to respond to this Jesus today, not tomorrow, but today, now. Then place your faith wholly and totally in Him. Trust Him as your Savior and Lord. And you can thank God that you make this decision today for the rest of your time and for the rest of your life. Like the way Shweni, her parents, Mr. and Mrs. Tan, 
And then even Shwini's uncle, Mr. Goh, who gave their life to Christ. But if you are a Christian today on site or online, the word of the Lord is clear. You are saved not just from something, from the wrath of God, but you are saved to something. To be a gospel messenger, to proclaim faithfully the gospel wherever the Lord assigns you, where the Lord places you in, at home, in your neighbourhood, in your workplace. And today you say, Lord, use me. You're willing I want to invite you to raise up your hand where you are and say, today you say, Lord, use me. If you can use Shweni, if you can use this covenantal that brought Shweni's family, if you can use Shweni and the parents, Lord, you can use me. Then you lift up your hand right now and say, Lord, use me. If that's your desire, lift up your hand high. Whether you are on site or online, lift up your hand high to Jesus and say, Lord, you are coming back again. It's time for me to proclaim, spread, shine, so that my faith in God will sound forth, will go forth from this place, from woodlands to different parts of Singapore, from my home to my workplace, to my school of studies. Lord, use me. Then lift up your hands right now as I pray for you. Father, help us to be this kind of Christian, this kind of church, a church that is totally transformed by your word and your gospel, a church that is faithfully proclaiming this gospel. Oh, Holy Spirit, strengthen us and impress this marks of this model church upon us individually and collectively together as a church so that we might advance the gospel and for your glory alone as we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's rise together on site online as we respond in this song. Jesus, our precious cornerstone. Thank you, Lord. Precious cornerstone, sure foundation.
We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word, and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811, or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.